Hello and welcome to Weeb Spawn, where we talk about anything and everything related to anime and gaming. We are by no means experts, just use fans. I'm your host Bobby, and with me is Joshua. Hello Bobby, glad to be doing another episode and another season. And before we get started, this will be our very first episode of our fourth season, so we do hope you enjoy. But also, June 8th, will be Weed Spawn's two-year anniversary. So it would be greatly appreciated if you shared us on your favorite social media platform and give us a shout-out on your favorite episode. Yes, that would be greatly appreciated because um, shares go a long way and so do reviews. So if you guys want to throw us a review, that would also be greatly appreciated. So to get us started, last time, I think it was the end of the last season, we gave you some analytics just to tell you how the the listeners rate on or popularity of countries versus listeners and also the states if you're listening in the United States. So last year or last season, the top five countries that we were listened to is U.S., Germany, U.K., India, and Canada in that order with U.S. being number one and Canada being number five. So this season, or the last season, season three, we had the United States being our number one listener, Germany, the UK, Canada, and India. So the same countries, just a little bit mixed around with the United States still being our top listeners. And as for the United States, as of now, we have been listened to in 49 states. We still haven't got any Alas- Alaskan listeners. And we've, we're also still in D.C. Uh, so, yeah, we, we're in 49 states we've been listening to. Still working on the Alaska one. So if you guys share us and you know any Alaskans, tag them in <laughs> it and get them to watch us because still trying to hit those 50 states. And our top five states, actually, this changed since last time. So last time I g- we gave you the stats, our top states were California, being number one, Ohio, Hawaii, Virginia, and Florida, Florida being uh, number five. This year is a little different. Minnesota is our number one. California is at number two now. Texas, Virginia, and Florida. So Florida still holding in on that number five slot there, but Ohio was bumped <laughs> out of the lead. <laughs> And it's not even in our top five anymore. They're actually number six, <laughs> and which is our home state. So that's kind of interesting. Looks like <laughs> our, our friends aren't supporting us as much as we would like them to. No. It's funny because uh, I have, besides Virginia, as long as I don't know, I have friends in all those states. So it's, it's funny how that works. So Ohio, yeah. our home state, is not in our top five. <laughs> Yeah, so, and it's kind of shocking because I don't know any Minnesotans, so I, that's awesome to me because it means uh, we're branching out a little bit, and... I know one who was born there, but they live in California, so I'm pretty sure they would count as a California view. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, I thought that was interesting and thought you guys might be interested to hear that. So uh, yeah, if your state or country isn't in the top five on any of these lists, there's only one way to, to get there. And that's to share us with your friends and family and social media. So that would be greatly appreciated. And maybe we can switch around the charts for the next season. And speaking of lists, we have a list of the three most listened episodes during this season, which weren't even this season's episodes. I believe for last season, the tops were episode 14, Don't Starve. Episode 6, Minecraft, and then episode Mm -hmm. 18, Tokyo Ghoul? Yes, I believe so. And then last season was going in order from first to third. Episode 14, Don't Starve, is still number one. But then we have episode 42, Ark Survival Evolved Overlook. And then episode 39, Bloons Tower Defense, which... It's honestly a little surprising because I didn't know a lot of people would be interested in Bloons Tower Defense, but <laughs> I also feel like it's a game a lot of people either forget about or like it's a 
very nostalgic one because people are like, oh, I remember playing that in middle school, elementary, high school, whatever you, whenever you played it, depending on your age. <laughs> but I think it may have been, nostalgia may have been a pretty bu- big uh, factor in reaching the top three on that episode. Yeah, I would completely agree because it's one of those games, like you said, everyone has played it. I feel like you can talk to somebody if they're in the same age group. I feel like it's sort of, it's not really generational because the kids play it too nowadays. It's just one of those games everyone plays. It's a rite of passage for high school, uh, middle school, stuff like that. You can play it in the computer labs because that was like one of the games that were not blocked by the school filters. So everyone has played it. But I didn't think it would actually be that intriguing to people to listen to like i thought it'd be a fun one people could just jump on and be like oh this is nostalgia let's listen to it i didn't think it'd be as popular as it actually was which was very shocking definitely um yeah oh i just did want to add one thing that i forgot to say uh last season so so far every season has been better than the last and last season was no exception it also has been more popular than the previous season so uh, again, that's because of the support of you guys, so we greatly appreciate it once again. I'm kind of a broken record here saying thanks, but just wanted to let you guys know. It's our first episode of the season. You guys better get used to it because you guys <laughs> are the reason why we keep on going. And if you were wondering why it was a bit longer, it may have felt a bit longer break than others. Unfortunately, we just had a lot of real life thing. I ended up getting a job that moved me out of town for over a month. I was going to say like a whole month. Yeah. And then on top of that, I like there was overlap. So right as you were coming back, I was going out of town for a wedding. So there was some overlap there. So it got extended out, but it worked out. And yeah, we actually uh, planned to come back for our two year anniversary. So uh, yeah, we actually had this planned out, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. This was planned. <laughs> Completely planned. There's no oversight there. <laughs> but enough of the rambling. I totally forgot to mention what episode we're doing today oh, with all yeah, that. If you didn't read the description <laughs> in the video or the, the podcast. Right? But we are coming back to SAO and we are finishing the first season with the Elfheim arc. Arguably the worst arc in the season actually it's not even arguably it just is the worst arc of the season i don't think anyone disagrees with that yeah not a lot of people like it so starting off it is now two months later from the incident with einkrad and sao and now we have kazuto kirigaya also known as kirito and his adopted sister sugaha kirigaya they have a kendo match but though he's Kirito was able to put up a fight for a little bit. He is defeated since obviously Sugaha has been practicing kendo since they were little. And he realized his fighting style doesn't really translate from SAO to the real world. He doesn't have like the muscle and all the strength that he does in SAO where it was more about just your reflexes. Afterwards, he goes to meet with Asuna who has yet to awaken from a coma along with 300 other SAO players. There he meets Asuna's father, Shozo Yuki, CEO of Rect Progress Incorporated, and his associate, Nobuki, Nobuyuki Sugo, who wants to marry Asuna while in a freaking chromatose state. Like, are you fucking serious, man? Dude, sometimes anime brings in the wildest plot drivers. And it's like, whew. And it, sometimes you guys just, just think about it for a little bit. You could have made this go any other way, but you went weird with it. I mean, I think it, I read, like, it's actually a real thing still with, like, big CEO companies of, uh, having their like daughter marry other like business partners but it's still just weird because not including just the age difference the fact that he was talking about it while she was in a coma just very creepy it seems so old-fashioned it reminds me of like lords and like kingdoms when they're like we're gonna marry the our daughter off to this kingdom so we can 
spread our empire. It's kind of like that, but in modern capitalistic society. It's just weird. Seems old-fashioned and archaic, but I'm sure it still happens. And ugh, it's just weird. And of course, Kirito didn't take that really well. He was furious and unable to contain his emotions once he got home. He breaks down before Sugaha comes in and comforts him. And while this is all happening, we get to see some memories of Sugaha when that Kirito isn't her real brother, that they are only cousins, and that she has hidden feelings for him. But the next morning, Kirito receives an email from Andrew, who is the real-life character or real-life person of the character in game Agil with a screenshot from another game that shows an avatar that resembles Asuna. Yeah, so I don't remember how long were they in SAO? Like a couple years? Yeah. Like two years or something? It was like two just... or two and a half years, something like that. Okay, so one thing that they covered once they got out is Kirito obviously had his mu- muscle uh, degradation and he could barely walk and shit. Could you? I just couldn't imagine how scrawny and weak you would be after years in a video game. It's just weird, weird to me. But um, I can kind of experience that because I had a surgery. I was only in the hospital for ten days, and of course, it was just more of there, my yeah. like stomach area. So that could have obviously been because yeah, your core. Yeah, but I lost ten pounds. So. Just think of not moving for two years and then all the rehab you had to go and all that stuff. Not to mention the bed sores because, like, you have to always constantly move patients who can't move and stuff because of bed sores. Yeah. So I can imagine. It'd just be crazy. And then to come out and find out your sister can whoop your ass in kendo. (laughs) (laughs) It'd just be a very eye-opening experience. So... Yeah, so now we have Kirito, and he visits uh, Andrew, who is his, who is the real-life person of Agile, or is it Agile? I think it's Agile. And he explains that he found a screenshot from a game called Elfheim Online, or ALO. It's a virtual reality game where players take the role of fairies capable of flight. Agile explains that the picture was taken from the World Tree, and while looking at the game, Kirito finds out that it is made by Wrecked Progress and is convinced that somehow Asuna was transported from SAO to LAO and decides to play because this is a game where you're actually allowed to die this time. So how hard could it be? And I don't know. Maybe it's because he spent two years in this game with this girl. So he has this love and has this drive to find her. I don't know about you, but I'd be a little PTSD type scenario where I don't think I would ever want to fucking touch a video game again, let alone a virtual reality video game. Like, that would be absolutely terrifying because you just lived a literal nightmare for two years. And now you're just like, yeah, I'm going to go back into this. I don't think I could do it. Like, sorry, uh, Asuna, <laughs> you're staying in there. In his defense, that's just me though. I was gonna say, in his defense, though, I think it's a lot of kind of like what happens in the armory or armory army, the whole like battling life and death. You are going to get a closer bond with people because if you think about it that way, yeah. they basically fought life and death together every day for almost two yeah. years. They had that shared trauma. Yeah. And it does show that he is nervous putting it on when he does, because they're like, oh, it works with the nerve gear. And it's like, he just stares at it like, like am, maybe, am I really about like, to put on, this guys. on? Am I really about to go yeah. in? It's like, guys, maybe just name it something else. Because that's kind of, that sounds terrifying. Like, you're putting on a helmet and it's called nerve gear. I don't know about that. Doesn't feel right. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a braver man than I would be. That's all I'm saying. So... He decides to go into this game, and he names his uh, character Kirito again, and decides to become a Spriggan, and finds out all of his stats from SAO were converted to LAO, along with all of his items. And Yui comes back to life as a navigation pixie, 
and finds out the game is basically just copy from the SAO servers, and this is explaining why his stats and items were the way that they are. Which, I guess, if you think about it, you probably wouldn't have, have had to wipe out other characters' stats, because why take the time wiping out their stats? Because who's stupid enough to jump back into the game after they just experienced hell, like I was saying? So no point in even wiping them from the system because they're not dumb enough to come back into the game, right? Um, so, yeah, that kind of explains why his stats were the same. And then he spends the next few hours learning how to fly when he bumps into a sylph player named Leafa and defends her against some fire fairy salamanders. Yeah, Leafa. This is... Oh, it starts to get weird. With <laughs> Like I said, so they have the weirdest <laughs> plot drivers. I can't say I blame them for this because it could happen if you don't communicate with your family about your games you play. <sighs> but yeah, you can you can go on with this part. Also, to be fair, Leafa actually does not look like Sugaha at all. Like no, that's fair. Like, she's actually one of the people that, like, change her, like, complete view. Because, like, if you look at every other character, they look almost identical to the real-life ones. Asuna well, makes sense because of the creepy dude. He wanted to keep Asuna as Asuna. Yeah. Like, Rakan looks the same. Kirito looks... Fair, to be fair, in SAO, um, the game creator did make it so they had to use their real-life appearances. So if they are from the old game their character probably transferred over and they still look like themselves because of the game code. I don't think Rakan was part of SAO. Oh, well, I, I couldn't remember that part. Um, but in, in Leafa's defense, Suga's defense, she probably didn't expect her brother to be back in a video game. <laughs> That's true. And they kind of used that whole plotline of when he broke down because that was the first time she ever saw like him cry. So she never barged into the room when there was no answer because she she thought, like, oh, he might be crying again. She didn't want to, like, mm. see that. So they had, like... They had reasons. They had reasons, not. but it's also, like, you're on thin ice. <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, rule number one of video games, don't announce your true... Name. Yeah. Don't dox yourself. I think they issued that... I don't know if it's this season or the next season. It's, like, they called it net etiquette where you don't talk yeah. about like real life while you're in the game so but anyways Leafa, as thanks for saving her decides to teach kirito how to fly without having to use the fly controller and afterwards they travel to a together to a town of sylvan sylvine i don't know if i'm pronouncing that right I would say probably Sylvine. Yeah, I feel like Sylvine. Uh, either one. I don't remember. Where Kirito doesn't know how to land, so instead face plants into a building and falls down. So that was actually kind of funny to do, because mm. she's like, how do you land? And she, it's like she also forgot to teach him, and she just goes, uh, you're on your own. <laughs> <laughs> and this is where they meet one of Leafa's party member, Rakan, who informs him that the chief of the Sylphs we're looking for her, but she says she will be questing with Kirito for now. They go to an end where Kirito tells Leafa he needs to go to the World Tree no matter what. Leafa decides to help him however she can and agrees to meet up tomorrow. When she logs out, it's revealed that Leafa is actually Sugaha, which we kind of already went over, but yeah. Yeah. in case you didn't know Meanwhile, we see Asuna is trapped in the cage at the World Tree, but the Game Master, Oberon, the Fairy King, who is actually Sugaho, or not Sugaho, sorry, Sugo, their names are so similar. Just extra letters <laughs> yeah, in there. Their names are so similar. Sugo in the real world, Oberon purposely took 300 SAO players for his own experiment in how virtual reality could essentially mind control people. Oh man. Then I mean, to me the plot's starting to get a little dicey here, but I'm just gonna ignore it because I have my qualms with this season. 
So instead of me rambling on about it, just going to move past it. I will have, once we get through, I will have some defenses on why I think they did some of this. But I'll give you my opinion once we get through this. Sounds good. Yeah, I, yeah, that's a good thing because uh, I don't have many good things to say about this arc. So it's nice to hear some positive feedback. <laughs> <laughs> so back in the real world, Sugaha starts to tell people why she started getting into VR gaming when it took her brother away. Which, yeah, this, this would be a hard thing to defend if people were asking. So uh, she wanted to know why he was basically so fixated on it. And at school, a classmate, uh, Nagata, who is Recon, Recon. Oh, it might be actually Recon. Now that you say it, I feel like that's actually, it's not Recon, it's Recon. So Recon in uh, ALO informs her that Sigurd? Sigurd? God, they have such weird names. They're supposed to be like elfy names. Yeah. And or fairies. Elf fairies. The, the fae. I was going to say, I think they're related. Yeah, the fae. That's a Dungeons and Dragons type. <laughs> That's the only reason why I know. It's because of D, uh, D&D. So, um, yeah. So, he isn't happy. And Suka just says that she'll be partying with Kirito from now on to lead him to the world tree. And when they get back to LA, or ALO, shortly before their departure, Sigurd comes saying he's disappointed but Kirito quickly uh but Kirito quick quick wits helps turns the table on him and they end up finally embarking on their journey. Meanwhile, Asuna learns from Oberon that Kirito is still alive and now she has hope. Which I don't quite remember why Oberon mentions this, but I just feel like as a captor I wouldn't be telling my prisoner things that could mentally fortify them. That seems like captivity number one, like captivity 101, don't give your captor hope or don't give your captive person hope. I think that's actually why he did it because I think because of how like down and out she was and how unresponsive, it wasn't like fun for him to toy with her. So now that it's like the bait the carrot and stick method now he throws a little bit at her so she can kind of get that energy again so then he can just break her down yeah i guess that's fair because if you have a captive that you care about you want them to be happy but if you have one that you don't care about you want them to be destroyed mentally so makes sense that checks out also you gotta think that he also thinks he's practically god in this world too he doesn't think anything can go wrong which, if he just studied programming a little more, gave himself immortal stats, he'd be fine. But to be fair, everyone so, hates this guy. Like not even, not just yeah. like Sao fans. There's there were so many memes about this guy of like there were some villains you can just respect, and then there's this guy, and it would be always <laughs> this yep. guy. Yeah. So she was able to peek at the code to the door that locks her in, and she was actually able to escape. Then we kind of go back to Kirito and Lifa, and they begin to take turns logging out while they stand by to watch, where Lifa and Yui get to get into a little conversation about their dear Kirito. So one thing I do kind of liked is, I mean, this could also be because I'm a One Piece fan, but... <laughs> Ew. <laughs> this happens a lot in One Piece is that... Even though our main characters are doing something, it shows, like, the world and, like, it will end up showing the world of their, the world's response of what they just did. This usually comes at the end of arcs and stuff. So, I like it whenever something like this happens is where they don't just split the whole episode into, like, Asuna and then Kirito and Lifa. They just give you bits and pieces to show you, like, when Kirito started going into the game and Oberon tells him, oh, she's in here. And then now that gives her the hope, like we said. So it kind of shows you the cause and effect. And mm-hmm. I just really like that when it comes to, like, world building. I like seeing the cause and effect of the main characters instead of just showing the main character. If that makes sense. Yeah. 
Yeah, I would agree. I would agree with that. So Kirito and Leafa continue on their journey through, though the only way they can go is via a cave. You can't fly over. It's like this huge mountain and you can't like fly over it because the there's like a time limit on how long you can fly and you'll never be able to reach it. So there's basically only one way you can go. And it's like a soft lock on a game. Like when you get to the map end, they're like, you're leaving the battlefield or something like that. Exactly. It's basically a, a soft lock like that. So on the way, Leafa gets a message from Rakan warning her that they are being followed and they manage to get that just before they actually get ambushed by some salamanders. Luckily, with the help of Yui, Kirito and Leifa's combined skills are able to overturn the tide. And when the battle is over, they end up leaving one survivor to help get some information. We learn that the Salamanders are actually planning to ambush the Sylphs and the Cat Sith Alliance meeting. And now Leifa, since she is a Sylph, has to go and she tells Kirito to leave without her. However, that is not his style to leave a party member behind. Because of, you know, the trauma with the SAO. With the use of his speed, he's able to quickly get both him and Leifa out of the cave and head towards the summit. Yes. And they arrive just in the nick of time before the salamanders uh, attack. Once again, Leifa tries to tell Kirito it's hopeless and to go on without her, but instead he walks straight to the leader, yeah, Eugene, and proclaims that he is an ambassador of the Spriggan Undine Alliance. Attacking them would mean four factions uh, against the Salamanders. Eugene, not sure if it's a bluff, decides to attack regardless, and the two kind of duke it out. And just when it looks like Kirito is losing, he brings back his dual sword style to come up victorious. That's like his trump card whenever he's facing a little bit of trouble. Just whip that out. People get pissed because they're like, what the fuck is this? And yeah, wrecks him. So after witnessing such an intense fight, the Salamanders decide to leave peacefully when Kirito admits it actually was all a bluff. And afterwards, he gives the Kate Siths a sum of money so that they can help prepare a raid against the World Tree to help him. But it'll still take time, so he leaves with Leafa first before all this. Also, this was actually a pretty good fight scene, but I remember there's always... Uh, and this comes from another meme where it's like, never pause anime, and there's uh, one scene where, like... Kirito's face is all, like, disoriented because he's about to, like, swing the sword. And it's, like, it was supposed mm -hmm. to show, like, speed or something. But if you pause it, it just looks like... Uh, it's hard to explain. Like, his eyes are oval now and, like, his face is stretched. And it just reminded me of that. And I always thought it was funny because Eugene has one, too. I forget what it... I forget what it was like, but... I remember it was when everyone was bashing on this and they would always use this frame, especially during the fight. They're like, I attack. And they're like, no, I attack. And it showed like these frames and it was actually Yeah, fun. I know exactly the frames you're talking about. It kind of reminded me, this one was really bad. It kind of reminded me of the Naruto versus Pain fight when if you pause basically oh. any time during their, their <laughs> final little battle, not when Nagato comes out, but when it's actually pain, like the corpse of pain. Um, yeah, that is that is in a very abysmally bad animation to pause on because he's they look like they're made of rubber, yeah. running really fast. <laughs> it was always funny, and ever since I saw that meme, when I rewatched the episode, I could pinpoint almost the exact moment I saw it because like it's just ingrained in my mind and I'm like oh there it is like as it like flashes yeah, you can't by. Unsee yeah. it. It's definitely something you can't unsee. So now that that they managed to survive yet another fight Kirito miscalculated one thing about giving away all his money. Now he has no place to stay, so they need to try to find a cheap place to log out since they get a message saying server maintenance is coming up. And if you don't realize why they have to go to an inn, 
it's basically a safe area. If you log out in the wild, people can come and kill you because your character would still be there. But if you log out... Which is a absolutely shitty game mechanic. <laughs> like, absolutely shitty. But whatever. I mean, it. it's... So how the world is set, I don't know if you remember, is you can't get attacked in your own territory. So if you're in self territory, theoretically, I believe you could log out just fine because another opposing member can't attack you in your territory. So that's why everyone's fighting for the world tree because it's a neutral zone or like the how the Katsis and the Sils were meeting somewhere, it was a neutral zone where other people can attack you. So I think to balance off that you can't get attacked in your area, they made it like that. But yeah. I think that's whack. It is. Because <laughs> like, unless it's meant to be hardcore like PvP, which I guess I don't really know if that was made because it didn't seem like a lot of people really wanted the pvp but like a lot of people wanted to go to the world tree because that was like the goal of the game but it also felt like people because no one really did wars besides like just now we saw the salamanders trying to kill the cat sits and the siths sylphs because if you kill their leader you get like a huge sum of money and then they would have used that to prepare for the raid. So it's like, oh, okay. But, like, other than that, it just felt like everyone was just kind of doing their own thing, staying in their own territory, get money. There wasn't really wars going on. So, yeah, it felt weird that you couldn't log out safely unless you were added in. Which would suck if you were out exploring and then it's like, because as far as I know, they don't have a... Like a RuneScape return to home <laughs> function. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I feel like just a little more thought into it and it would have been a, a good system. They could have made it work. But yeah, that just seems silly. But who am I to judge? They, it, it's a very popular game, apparently, <laughs> so it's not that big of a deal. But either way, they were lucky enough to find it in and they were both able to luck out successfully. Now we get to go back to Asana. So with the code that she learned, we see her actually break out of the cage this time and she desperately is trying to search for a system console to log herself out. But she ends up finding something a little more terrifying. She ends up in a room with numerous brain holograms as they look like they are in some pain. I don't know exactly how she could see that <laughs> unless... I was literally about to say that, like what? Unless, like, maybe there were, like, red sensors or, like, flashes. I don't know, because it was literally just... The brains are screaming. Yeah. And before she can investigate more, she ends up getting caught by some scientists in the form of slimes. But it doesn't go where you think it's going. You Get your mind out of the freaking gutter. She manages to swipe a GM card before being taken away. And now we're back to Kirito. Kirito finally makes it to the world tree where he immediately tries to fly up, but gets blocked by an invisible wall set up by the GM. So basically to stop exactly what just happened, to stop people from flying up. Yui calls out for Asuna, who manages to hear her and drops the card as a sign to let them know that she's up there. With this evidence, Kirito... Uh, like recklessly charges to the world tree and faces countless guardians and despite his efforts ends up dying however well one this isn't sao so he's not dead forever which i feel like dying for the first time in a video game after sao would be a very scary <laughs> experience uh leafa suddenly comes in and grabs his life orb and brings it out to revive him or, or grabs a life orb and brings it out to revive him Leafa scolds him about going in alone when Kirito tries to explain and mentions Asuna's name. Leafa realizes at this point that the person she's been playing with is her brother. And it's kind of an eye-opening moment for her. And they end up meeting up in the real world. And this is where she explains how she fell in love with him both in-game and in real life. 
and that she knows they're not actually real siblings. So I feel like at this point, the creators of the show were like, how can we make this not weird completely? Still super weird. Still not a fan. I'm going to look the other way, I guess. Anime does some weird stuff. (laughs) So in their defense, because I feel like this is just an anime cliche, and I wonder how true it is in the real world. So if anyone's listening knows... Because they say they're cousins. And like... It happens a lot in animes where cousins... Or like the girl, the female cousin always ends up having feelings for the male cousin. And I'm like, does that happen like in real life? Because for me, I have like a mental block. The moment I know someone's family, I just cannot think of them at all other than as family. Yeah. So I'm just like... And it's like, what's... What's the degree of separation here, too? Like, first cousin, second cousin? Yeah, because there's third. some where a lot of another anime cliche trope is like, oh, we're brothers and sisters, but we're not actually. They were just family friends, and their parents died, and we took them in. And I'm like, okay, that's reasonable. You are complete strangers, mm-hmm. no blood relations. You grew up with them. Obviously, being together close, yeah, 100% understandable. But, like, as far as I know, they're... Blood-related cousins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think their parents were friends. I think their parents were brothers and sisters. <laughs> like, actual <laughs> aunts and uncles. <laughs> Whatever. So, I'm just curious as to, like... Is this, like, a real thing that goes on other than Alabama? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. I <laughs> did not expect that. <laughs> But it's just weird because, like, I know they were trying to, like, put another girl in this, I guess. But I think because of the fact that it's not a harem and or it might be still tagged because a lot of girls like him, but he always stays faithful to Asuna, that when this happened... I felt sad for a brief moment just for her because of, like, how devastated she was. But at the same time, I'm just like, yeah, I knew this wasn't going to happen. Like, uh, why? Yeah. (laughs) Why why even put this in? Like, you could have just kept it as, like, a little sister. She liked this character. She could have just been like, I liked your character, realized who you were. Sorry, not anymore. Yeah done with that like or they could have just kept it as like she was just like your again with the tropes just like a little sister who is just it's more admiration for her big brother and she's always saying like oh i love you i love you in more of a cutesy way than this where she was like dead serious familial what yeah like a familiar familial way yeah well it's just kind of like She's just being clingy and, like, the annoying little sister. Where this one, it was, mm-hmm. like, she was dead serious. Like, there, because there was no really interaction with them, like, outside of, in, like, real life. Once they got back. They didn't really, besides the fact that he decided to take up Kendo and she got happy about that. But other than that, they were just in VR. And then it's, like, they just dropped this thing and it's, like, you guys literally haven't had any interaction in all previous backstories, he was basically in his room always, didn't interact with you, got trapped in SAO, then now you guys have been with each other for like two months. <laughs> yeah, I feel like the the show outside of the video game portion of it was kind of lacking in a lot of ways. And this, I think, actually reflects that because there's not that relationship, as you're saying. There's They didn't really portray that accurately so there's definitely this separation this cutoff between sao or lao and real yeah because you had leafa and kirito but you didn't have sugaha and kazuto so it's like mm-hmm. exactly. yeah leafa could have had a crush on him like i could have seen that because it's like oh you met someone online and then it's like and then you find out your brother then it could have you kind of could have turned it into like she could have been like oh i had a crush on Kirito to find out it was my brother and then now it's like 
awkward for her because she's like, how do I go? Mm. But no, she also had feelings for him in real life as well <laughs> before this. So I think that's why yeah. it ended up being awkward. Where if she just fell in love with Kirito as an in game Kirito, I feel like that would have been better than how mm. it is right now. What yeah. They did. <laughs> Kirito decides to talk to her in the only way he knows how, and that's in VR to have a duel with her. Because, yeah, they both do kendo, so they're like swordsmen, I guess, samurai. They only know how to express themselves through fights. The duel was meant to express their feelings through swords, and then when the final blow goes, they both decide to throw away their weapons and reconcile at the end. Now... After all that, <laughs> they end up going to attempt the world tree again, but this time with the help of Rakan. Sadly, even with the new help, it doesn't work, as Rakan self-sacrifices himself by exploding to make a clear path. But it's too much for Lifa and Kirito to handle. And just when things start to look bleak, the cat Siths and or the Kate Siths and the Silk Dragons come to the rescue. Leafa throws Kirito her sword to help him break through, and when he reaches the top, it is blocked, and only a GM can access it. The game was rigged from the very start, except this time, Kirito happens to have a GM card and is able to enter inside. Yes, how convenient that Asuna got this GM card and dropped it down to them. <laughs> So, finally, Kirito is able to meet up with Asuna, but the reunion is pretty short-lived when uh, Sugo comes in using gravity magic to pin Kirito to the ground. Kind of cheap. Cheap move, dude, but whatever. <laughs> but I guess if I was the, the game master and I was doing some sketchy shit, I would have a little bit of trump cards up my sleeve, too. So, he also has this ability to change the pain tolerance in the game. So, he brings the pain tolerance down as he impales Kirito with his own sword and basically begins to torment Asuna in front of him. And just as he's about to give in to despair, he hears the voice of Akihiko, which I believe was the original game yes. master. Yeah, okay. Well, I was pretty sure of that, but couldn't quite remember his name. So, he hears the voice of Akihito basically telling him, to get up because SAO was so much worse than this and you're basically being a little baby. So with this he was able to overcome the pain and use Akiho's, uh, Akihiko's privileges to get rid of Sugo, uh, Sugo's admin privileges and takes him on in a duel. So although beforehand he puts his uh, pain absorption to zero and cuts off his arm and stabs him in the eye, he is then forcibly logged out. Or before he's forcibly logged out. He was finally able to complete his objective with this and uh, log uh, Asuna out also. Um, but before he does this, uh, Akihiko gives him one last, last gift to say, the seed. And now he rushes over to the hospital to finally meet her in real life. And, yeah. <laughs> Do you want to explain this part a little the bit? The scene? Because, um, yeah. Yeah. Because that just sounds weird out of <laughs> <laughs> So, you might want to throw in yeah. a description here. <laughs> so, as you were saying, like, right before he logs out, Agihiko talks to him and he's like, if you have, I think it, the line was like, if you have even the slightest curiosity or something about VR, take this. It's called the seed because it's, we'll find out, I'll mention it a little bit more in depth in just a second, but it's basically just a big program to make worlds. It's what created Aincrad, SAO, Elfheim, because it's a copy of SAO. That's why they call it a seed, because it's like, kind of like, uh, what's the, Ugril? 
your your the tree of life. Oh, Igris. Yes. Think of that, but in a seed form, because obviously they didn't want to copy that. And but it's basically the exact same thing. They call it the seed because it's in shape of like an egg or a seed, and then it gives birth to all these new worlds. So after he is able to, or after he logs out and is rushing to the hospital, he is attacked by an injured Sugo, which it's actually pretty bloody how like how much the virtual world affected him because of the pain tolerance. The brain thought like his body was injured when it really wasn't. But luckily, Kirito managed to disarm him, and he decides to spare his life and finally reunites with Asuna. Later, they're at a school specifically designed for students who were trapped in SAO, and we learned that Sugo, Sugo was arrested, and that the public also learned of his experiments, and that the 300 people held captive were now free. But because of this scandal, Elfheim was shut down following suit where a lot of other VR MMORPGs. We then see Kirito and company all meet up at Agil's or Agil's, whatever. <laughs> whatever his name is. Bar where they celebrate they celebrate Kirito's win essentially. And that is when he brings out the seed and that it learn we learn that it has the power that anyone with the seed can create, or with a server, can create any VR RPG world that they want, and you can actually transfer your character from world to world. So they decide to upload it, and then many worlds start to get created. And even Elfheim is back online by a new company, and we see Kyoto and Leafa share a dance in the sky. Just as she intends to leave, he reveals he has brought back Ironcred and resetted his stats, and now with this new Ironcred, he intends to beat all 100 floors. Yeah. Um, I don't know how it would go in, in Japan, but if any of this happened in America, VR games would be <laughs> <laughs> Like trapping children inside the video game. Well, maybe not, but... I feel, I feel like SAO, feel they like would have been so many strict things that I don't think it could have, Elfine could have existed like that. Yeah. Like, they'd be like, hey, you're not allowed to make a video game if it fucking connects to the person's <laughs> nervous system. Especially because there was, like, a pain uh, tolerance or pain absorption. I forget what they were called. Like, how did right. that get across? Like... Yeah, like imagine the programmers, like they're they're at their company. Like imagine imagine Bethesda, like they're programming, and the programmers are like, "So you want me to like talking to their manager? So you want me to make a, a game, and you want me? It's Skyrim to VR. Allow the game contr- game managers, the GMs, to game masters to choose how much pain to inflict on the player." Yeah, sounds good to me. Okay, I'll be up. Uh, I'll I'll send it to your your email by Thursday. <laughs> like, who who would willingly add this into a game? Yeah, I mean, you know There's what? Like, I, I don't get paid enough. Give to it care. like 10, 20 years. Who knows? Maybe like because of how streaming's become popular. Oh, I'm doing via no pain to, or no pain absorption. All real like. Oh my god. Oh, I could actually see that. Happen. Right? It's actually not far-fetched. Like, how much can we handle? <laughs> how much can we handle before we quit the game? Last one to survive gets $10,000. It's real-life Hunger Games, but in VR. Yeah. Like, I could see, because I know there are some companies that have, like, um, haptic suits. So you wear the suit, and it applies pressure in certain areas. So it feels like you're being grabbed yeah. and this and that. But that's, like, a new technology. But honestly, that's I why I said give it 10, 20 like, years. They're like, yeah, we can connect. <laughs> so oh. some of what I was going to say, some of the defenses, I'm not saying that the, the plot overall, I think was pretty shoddy to be honest, but I, I feel like, I don't know what the writing was. Like if they have this all written out 
or if they just did like the Ironcrad arc first. Because I feel like what happened is they did this Ironcrad arc and maybe they thought it was only going to be good for like one season. And then the Elfine happened because the Elfine seems more of a foundation and introduction to what happens in seasons two and three and four because of basically the seed and because they always end up coming back to this and how everything is related to this so it's almost like Eincred SAO Eincred art was to show what it was capable of of this death game how it can take you and invest you into this and Elfheim because of like the villain was just Nobody liked the villains. No one really got on board with it. And the reason why they did it how they did it and, like, copied it from SAO, they had to get another reason to, like, bring Akihiko back and to give Kirito the seed. So I feel like everything in Elfheim was just meant for that moment. And it was, like... Feel like you could have done that with Eincrad, but then at the end of Eincrad, if you remember, he's like, "Why did you start this?" And he goes, "I don't remember." But then at the end of Elfheim, he's like, "This, I'm pretty sure that he's like, this is why I did this. It's because of the seed. I wanted to create like a world outside of reality. Of basically, he just wanted." I don't know if you wanted to be God or what, but he basically gives them the reason in Elfheim. And it's like, in order to like get from Eincrad arc to here, they had to get a reason for why Kirito, like you said, you would have had like PTSD to go back in a VR game. So they had to figure out a reason to get Kirito back in there. And the only thing that would do that was Asuna. And so they're like, all right, so now why is Asuna still in there oh that's because uh, this creepy dude wants to marry her and so they had to create like this whole plot line i feel like what they wanted to get across was just basically give kirito this seed and then like everything else was just kind of like how do we get from point a to point b yeah yeah that that kind of sums it up pretty well honestly it's it's all about yeah, Kirito kind of keeping it alive because I, I feel like Ak- uh, Akihiko kind of saw Kirito as the next successor, the one true person. Because I think that was kind of his goal. The person who could beat him was worthy. It was like a Charlie and the Chocolate Factory type situation. The one who truly cared would make it to the end, and that was Kirito. But then it was, okay, how do we actually reward him? And as you said, it was bringing him back into the game. And getting him to the end. and Yeah, because he, Akihiko, when he was Heathcliff, he actually mentioned that the, that the dual, the dual blade or dual sword, whatever the skill was called, dual wielding, mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. the skill would only give to the person with the highest reaction speed who would essentially be the hero of the story. So, mm-hmm. yeah, because he was boss number yes. 100. So, yeah. Yeah, so he wanted that one person who was had the skill. Yeah, and I think the fact that like he didn't give him the seed at that end made sense because the whole point of SAO was a death game and like he wanted to be the like god or whatever, but then when he saw Kirito and how he saw that the mind can overcome science basically, then he's like that's almost like what he was looking for overall because he was impressed by that. That's why he did all this, and that's why he comes back. And he mentions when he's basically telling him to get up, he's like, the person who defeated me in SAO, you're really being beaten down by a copycat. Like, are you serious? And that's when he comes up and Akihiko shows up one last time, and he's, like, obsessed with brain. And so I think... To connect that, that's why Elfheim was created in the whole process of him stealing the 300 SAO. I just feel like they try to put, they try to go too many directions in Elfheim. They had 
the comatose Asanan to bring him back. Incest. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing Sugaha to be like a whole new main character now. Yeah, they threw like this almost like a love triangle in there, but it was a forbidden love and triangle. And it wasn't even really a love triangle because it, it was just all no. one sided. And it was like even in SAO, Asana wasn't there every episode. She definitely had the most screen time of all the girls, but she wasn't there every episode. Where this one, she was, but then it's like, you have this subplot of Sugaha and Kirito, and then you also have like another subplot of what Sugo is doing with the whole mind control experiment, but then you also have another subplot of just Kirito trying to rescue Asuna from all this, and it's just like, the villain and the protagonist, they didn't clash as well as they wanted to because there was no outside stuff. It was just all in-game. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't feel like an in-game villain. He just captured her. And it wasn't like Heatcliff. Or there wasn't really no danger when the game was all centered around this game. So I feel like that was the reason why it didn't get a lot of attention and why Elfheim isn't like accepted yeah good but like <laughs> to put it yeah in a better term. but like in gun gale online you see the whole like character switching from because of the sea and you see mm-hmm. all that and then even in i don't know if it's considered like a spin-off or a side story but there's like the gun gale where it follows a different person and that it explains like the whole seed of her swapping through worlds and then the whole thing spoiler ahead kind of i think it's spoiler 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 for season three or is it season two i think it's actually season two because i think season two again was gun gale online and then another arc where asana becomes like the main character and she meets the another person who's been stuck in this game and basically what i'm trying to get at is all the future seasons just reference what was laid out at the end of elfheim and i think elfheim was trying to be an expository thing to lay out for future seasons but at the same time had to be an ending of the first season while being being able to introduce the later seasons so i think again that's why it had just too much going on in that 13 episode arc that because they couldn't do one thing they end up half-assing many things instead of focusing on one thing so it didn't end up it ended up as it did yeah i do think it did have potential like they could have made it work but it just like you said, it was lacking stuff, and I think it carried over to the second season, the stuff that they were lacking, since I think most people argue that that is the worst season. But it seems like, from what I've heard, the third season, they started to fix their mistakes, because that's when it starts to Because that's, again, al- you're talking about alkalization, I'm assuming, right? Because that's, yes. it's basically, they went back to Einkrad. They're in this were mm. I haven't seen all of it, but they're in this world and they can't escape or something, but they basically get trapped in this world. So it's I don't know if it's a death game or what, but they go back and they just focus on one thing, which is the world and how to get out. So there wasn't many different yeah. plots. They're just like here it is. They introduce a character, but it was like how Asuna got introduced. Like, she was there, and then they journeyed together like a, a standard anime. It wasn't just, throw this girl in here, throw this girl in here, and that stuff. Gotcha. Do you have anything else you want to throw my, into this? I guess my question of the day... Um, what... I guess what race... Would you have been like Spriggan or yeah, Spriggan, Sylph, Salamander, Undine, Katsith? Uh, I think there were six races of fairies. 
Yeah. Um, I think for mine, I would be Salamander because, you know, they seem the coolest. <laughs> That's how I base all my stuff. <laughs> I'm not one of the people that look at, like, stats or history or this and that. I'm just like, Salamander sound dope. I'm gonna be I honestly, I would have... Uh, I like Spriggan just because they said they were good at treasure hunting. And for me, mm. I... I've said it time and time again, I love exploration. So if they were good at treasure hunting and looting and my hoarding ass would have been like, yep. <laughs> Anything yeah. that like, even when I played fucking Skyrim, I went thief to get extra pockets. I did steed stone to get more pockets. And like, I'm a hoarder in games when it comes to, if it's any exploration, get collecting items. I'm like, anything that helps me do that, I'm going to pick that. <laughs> that's fair that definitely is you alright so this is the end of our season 4 episode 1 episode and that's Sword Art Online Elfheim arc and that'll be it for this episode so don't forget to show us love and support at patreon.com slash and of course don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Weepspawn and you can contact us at weepspawn at gmail.com that'll be all from us today I've been your host Bobby and I'm Joshua. And we will see you guys next time when we weeb spawn. <laughs> <laughs>